Hello and welcome to another episode of the Startup Operator Roundup. I'm Roshan Karyopa and I'm Gunjan Saha and together we'll be breaking down the biggest headlines from India's growing startup ecosystem. Now this week has been a week of firsts. For the first time India has breached the three digit medal tally in the Asian Games. Amazing. For the first time ever also we are seeing a startup, well to be specific a fintech acquiring a bank in the country. Again for the first time e-commerce platforms are now allowed to onboard those sellers who are not registered with GST and I think that will open up a lot more new avenues for sellers to sell their products to a larger demography. Then Dream11 has been wearing the creative hat. They found out a very hacky solution on how to retain customers even while you know they have to pay GST on the money that they uh, that users need to upload in their wallet. And lastly, in this way, we'll be talking about Bhashini and RBI's partnership to deploy a multilingual, frictionless credit platform for India. A lot of exciting things to discuss, so stay tuned. Before we begin, if this is the first time you're tuning in to the Startup Operator Roundup, this is a show where Roshan and I break down such big headlines from India's startup ecosystem. And if you're a returning listener, please consider liking this video and sharing. And also get active on the comment session and let us know what you think about what we'll discuss. So let's get started. Well, Roshan, is bar so far. Yeah, wonderful performance by the uh, Indian athletes. I particularly like that you know we're getting track and field uh, medals now, right? I mean, it just uh, that success hits very differently. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? Maybe in another five six years, we can expect that uh, you know some of these Asian Games uh, success mm-hmm. translates to Olympic success as well, right? I mean, the government has spent uh, uh, a ton of money. well relatively around 450 crores uh, on um, you know exposure coaching equipment and so on and so forth uh, i do hope that a lot of money comes in uh, you know the here again i would love to uh, mention olympic gold quest uh, to whom i've donated uh, previously right uh, doing a fantastic job of adopting these athletes um, and being patrons to the sport uh, right i mean certainly you know uh, we need other sports uh, uh, to come up you know i mean we we're, we're the powerhouse in cricket uh you know uh, we are phenomenal at chess you know we need some of these other uh, uh, athletics uh, competitions and you know uh, things to pick up so fantastic stuff i love it yeah. and not only is the like we're having a great run in the asian games uh, the wo- cricket world cup also started well yeah. who knows what we get to see there <laughs> yeah but uh, you know there was a lot of celebrations on twitter uh, uh, for our asian games success right oh, yeah. i mean there was huh. this thing that was trending is bar saw par So fantastic stuff! Great work uh, by all our athletes. Yeah. Okay, let's dive in to Slice merging with a small finance bank. Slice will now become part of this bank called Northeast Small Finance Bank, and it's the first Indian fintech to undertake such a move, and they have received approvals from RBI. Well, we all know Slice is a unicorn that is valued at over one point five billion dollars. Guess what Northeast Small Finance Bank is valued at? A tenth of it. maybe less well it it is worth 60 to 70 million dollars wow okay uh slice did acquire a minority stake of about 5% which was um, worth 3.4 million and this current acquisition uh, the total deal size is valued around 68 million dollars but it's not only slice that is you know trying to acquire banks i mean earlier we did see partnerships of fintechs with uh, traditional banks to kind of become the front engagement layer but even other fintech company like zerodha they are also exploring to acquire a stake in national bank mm. uh, not only zerodha even pe firms multiples and premji invest 
they have had talks with Bank of Baroda to acquire a stake in Nainital Bank. Bank of Baroda owns around 98% stake in Nainital Bank. And they plan to initially divest about 40 to 50%. And later on, they'll eventually sell the remaining stake. So what do you think is causing, you know, fintechs like Slice, fintechs like Zerodha mm. to explore bank acquisition? Well, uh, you know, Slice's business uh, almost came to a halt uh, after the RBI issued guidelines on these prepaid instruments and so on, right? Uh, saying that, you know, you there are limits on uh, how much uh, people can load into these wallets and where that can be used and so on. Uh, and of course, we've seen, uh, you know, how this whole BNPL uh, uh, space has uh, pretty much uh, become inexistent, uh, you know, post those right. guidelines. Uh, so th it was expected that, uh, you know, the fintechs will try to acquire banks and so on. But this is a surprise even by uh, those standards, right? I mean, it's, it's a fantastic development, I would, I would say, right? You know, over the last 21 years, RBI has issued just four bank licenses. It has stopped issuing licenses for NBFCs as well of late. We definitely need banking, credit, etc. for a growing economy like India, uh, for sure, right? I mean, that is... Uh, a given. Uh, and, and these kind of solutions uh, are the, an interim solution, I would say, right? I mean, uh, so clearly the Northeast uh, Small Finance bank, bank was not doing well. RBI mandates that, you know, you need to have a net worth of at least around 200 crores in order for you to be operational. And they were below that. And so this was kind of a distress sale in that sense. Now, we have made the point earlier on the podcast multiple times that, uh, you know, the fintechs are very well positioned to be that front end layer for some of these, uh, you know, more traditional banks. So let the technology companies take care of customer acquisition, customer experience and so on and so forth, while the conventional banking folks can take care of the PNL, other more core and traditional aspects, right? Uh, so, so this is a fantastic thing. $60 million and $1.5 billion kind of shows you, you know, which way the wind is blowing, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, but do you think we'll be seeing more such, um, you know, offers being put out there by fintechs when many of them are valued over $1 billion? Yeah, they have to, you know, I mean, I think Bharat Pay also owns a small finance uh, bank and, you know, famously that acquired the PMC bank license, which I don't know what is the status of that right now. Uh, they acquired it along with the Centrum maybe an hour and a half, two years back, uh, pre the Ashneer Grover uh, scandals and, and whatnot, right? So I think this is definitely a template. I'm sure that, you know, the existing fintechs will be looking for uh, a similar opportunity, uh, you know, because it will definitely help them improve their margins. Uh, because at, at this point of time, you know, Slice itself had a tie-up with the SBM, State Bank of Mauritius, uh, for their cards, right? And uh, by acquiring these banking and financial entities, um, they they can retain the entire margin. We spoke about uh, Cred launching the garage, uh, yeah. you know, last uh, roundup. It seems like it might be more more meaningful for Cred to you know uh, buy up buy an NBFC or a small finance bank uh, instead. I suppose. Yeah. Well, if then someone from Cred is watching this, let us know what you think in the comments. Not to say that the garage isn't useful. Okay. Keep building vanity products. <laughs> okay, let's move on. The GSG Council announced that non-GSG sellers with a turnover of up to rupees 40 lakhs can be onboarded onto e-commerce platforms starting October 1st. This move is particularly beneficial for those who previously dropped out during the registration process due to GSG requirements. Now, building on this development, Misho announced that they will start onboarding such sellers. And uh, it also signifies the registration process by allowing sellers to use enrollment ID U UIN instead of GSTIN. Now, it's a very important move and I'm really happy that the council made this announcement because according to some industry insights, around 
1.2 million sellers drop out every year during the registration process due to not qu qualifying for the GST requirements. And not only that, something which is very unique to companies that have a less than 40 lakhs turnover is that the product is highly localized and it's highly unique, right? And these lead to a rise in a lot of niche categories in fashion and consumer electronics, home, kitchen, home development, etc. And even the timing for this announcement could not be at a more opportune time because we are just about to start the festive season in the country. Mm. So uh, what do you make of this? How, how does this open up e-commerce? This is an amazing development uh, for sure. You know, you mentioned 1.5 million dropout every year. Um, you know, with this move, we're expected to sort of 10x uh, the number of uh, sellers we get on platforms like Misho, Amazon, Flipkart and so on. Uh, Misho, of course, has taken the lead and, uh, you know, built the technology and the algorithms uh, for this. Uh, right, and it is expected that Amazon and Flipkart will follow. Uh, this is uh, amazing. So this obviously comes with a few riders. Uh, now the first thing, as Gunjan mentioned, you know the revenue should not exceed forty lakhs in case of products, uh, twenty lakhs in case of uh, services, um, e-commerce. Anyway, most of these are products uh, in that sense, uh, right? And the second thing is the goods must only be sold within the state. These are a couple of riders uh, that they have. Uh, and of course, I mean, uh, they will still need to go register on the GST portal and uh, uh, get a UIN number, right, a unique number uh, that can be used for any transactions. This is very helpful, you know, I mean, over the last five, 10 years, one of the biggest changes that's happened is the formalization of the economy, you know, with Aadhaar, with GST and so on. Uh, right. But at the same time, and this is also induces, uh, you know, challenges from a compliance perspective, there are various costs associ associated with that, uh, a lot of time and effort as well, which, you know, some of these smaller sellers can't really afford. So this is a, a great move to sort of bring them under the umbrella in, in some sense, right. Uh, and offer them some of these privileges. So there's actually a benefit to formalization and, you know, not just a, a danda from the taxman, right? Uh, so amazing. This is uh, going to 10x the number of uh, uh, sellers that we have on all of these platforms. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, some of these niche products uh, being available on uh, Misho and Amazon and, and the others. Yeah. NASCOM's vice president and head of public policy, Ashish Agarwal, has praised the decision and he says that this will unlock immense potential in underserved regions. And uh, similarly, Misho's co-founder and CEO, Vidit Atre, is calling it a watershed moment. Now, while yes, the benefits for such a move is, is evident, but if you think about it, there, it has its challenges as well, right? Because we have seen companies like Amazon, like Flipkart, follow some aggressive methods to list down high-value sellers in the platform. So if there's a new entrant who has, who's not that popular, how do you think like customers will be able to discover them in the when they search for an item in the platform? Misho is uh, uh, is a different sort of a sales motion compared to Amazon and Flipkart, right? I mean, Amazon and Flipkart is top tier, is mostly for uh, folks like you and I. Uh, but whereas Misho is a lot more niche. So they already have such uh, people on their platform, you know. I guess, see, discovery is always going to be a challenge. Think about it, right? I mean, this is another avenue for the seller to, you know, uh, sell their goods and services basically right and uh, it's not only these platforms or whatever right I mean they can also list they can also sell on their own websites uh, you know by the way if you guys haven't caught that episode uh, with Sumit of Dukan that uh, we, we published quite recently do check out that also another thing if I was a company like Mensa brand or Thrasio I would be jumping at this news too small all of these folks anyway yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. They've, they're an umbrella brand for companies and brands that are of a certain size. I mean, these are like less than 40 lakhs of revenue would be hmm. maybe a couple of weeks is marketing budget for you know, some of these bigger brands. Yeah. Right. So now let's move on to some updates from the gaming industry. Few weeks back, the government had announced that they will be charging a 28% GST to customers for any game for online chance or skills. And Dream11 has come up with a very hacky solution to circumvent that and not let this loss get incurred by customers. So what they did is when um, customers are loading their wallet, like for assuming let's say you're adding 100 rupees, of course the platform will charge a 28% GST. But what Dream11 is doing, they're offering coins, right, which compensate for that. So for example, on 100 rupees, you're getting a GST charge of let's say 22 bucks. The Dream 11 will be offering points to customers worth 22 rupees. So effectively, your wallet balance is still 100 rupees. Interesting. Now, well, yeah, of course, there are some conditions for it. It needs to be used within 90 days and stuff like that. But what do you think the GST council will be thinking about this? I, I doubt they would even care. Some of these laws and regulations, right? I mean, they've made in a very bullheaded way. Startups are left to deal with the consequences. Uh, props to Dream11 on that front. They figured out a hack around this. Let's see how well it works for uh, them, right? But, you know, there has to be some kind of a long-term solution. And for that, both the innovators and the policy makers have to sort of get in the same room and figure out the way forward. You know, let's decide once and for all if something is permitted or not permitted, uh, right? I mean, let's not wait until, you know, startups with, uh, you know, multi-billion dollar valuations, uh, uh, come up and, and then, you know, we're dealing with the consequences of uh, a policy or a regulation, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, kudos to the ingenuity, but uh, I'm sure that, you know, they'll all be hoping for, you know, more um, uh, predictable norms uh, to operate in this industry. Yeah. So another thing I want to, you know, touch upon is the whole decision by GST Council to implement retrospective taxes. Because Dream Sports, the parent company for Dream 11, right? I think they're valued close to $8 billion. Uh, the valuation would have increased now, but when they last raised $1.6 billion, they were valued at $8 billion in 2021. According to some news websites, it is said that uh, GST, the company, Dream uh, Sports, needs to pay GST worth $3 billion as of March 31, 2022. Now, see, if this taxation was on profits or ca uh, cash flows, it kind of would have made sense. But this is on the total uh, operating costs, right? And a $3 billion, just a tax bill yeah. for a $8 billion company. Yeah. I mean, with that logic, the gaming industry will be, I mean, let's say they'll be heading into a lot of troubled waters. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, these will be contested, uh, right, in the courts and whatnot. Uh, so it's not like, you know, they'll have to pay up uh, the following day. All of these folks will have to sell their company to pay their taxes. It's, it's at that level, right? It kind of leads me to believe that somebody in the government or whatever doesn't really like gaming. For whatever <laughs> reasons, right? See, I, I mean, I, I've said this before that I personally am I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan of gaming, etc. I've seen people, uh, you know, their lives being ruined and whatnot. And you can make the argument for alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, whatever else. I mean, you know, I, I've said this, right? I mean, the way uh, internet and mobile gaming is pervasive, it has an undue impact. And uh, 
you know, it's not an intellectual argument. It's something that you have to see for yourself to uh, kind of come to con conclusions one way or another. It does feel like it. I mean, it does seem like, you know, somebody in the uh, policymaking machinery or the government uh, really is very antithetical to gaming. Like I said, you know, let's let's clarify what is allowed and what is not allowed instead of like putting all of these regulatory uh, barriers, right? I mean, they don't feel like guardrails. They feel like mm -hmm. hurdles at this point. Yeah. Well, uh, but folks, if you're listening, then the Cricket World Cup just started. And right now, Dream11 must be uh, flocking with new users. So maybe this is the right time for you to make your account, load up your wallet and not pay GST. <laughs> and now towards that development, Digital India Bhashani Division now plans to launch the Reserve Bank of India's public tech platform for frictionless credit in multiple languages to make monetary providers extra accessible throughout languages. Now, if you are curious as to what the Bhashni platform looks like in action, here's a quick demo of it. Hi, this is the demo of the Bhashni bot. This model has been fine-tuned to be highly accurate uh, on the PM Kisan Yojana. Kya main PM Kisan ke liye eligible hoon? So I just recorded some audio uh, and then I'm uploading this to WhatsApp, right? Yeh dekhne ke liye ki kya aap PM Kisan ke liye yogya hain? Mujhe aapki shreni, aay ki sthiti aur bhoomi ke prakar ki jaanj karne ki aavashyakata hoogi. Well, now clearly looks like there's some sort of GPT uh, magic going on under the hood. But if you think about it, right? This really, I won't say completely solves for but it is a huge step forward in driving the financial inclusion that we all have been talking about. Oh, for sure. So this looks pretty amazing. So what's happening here is that users just need to record a voice note on WhatsApp. Mm. And under the hood, this entire technology layer is converting that into text, sending it to a GPT-like plugin, fetches the response, sends it as a text message on WhatsApp. And this returns a voice note for the users to listen to as well. Now, this... I think is a huge step forward in driving the financial inclusivity in India that we all have been talking about. Yeah, yeah. One of the first schemes that uh, Prime Minister Modi announced in 2014 was the Jandan Yojana, right? And since then, you know, we've seen millions of uh, bank accounts uh, uh, being set up and, you know, good portion of them being operational now as well, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you have all of these uh, welfare schemes, whether it is uh, PM Kisan Yojana and some of the others, uh, right. I mean, as a farmer, you can check eligibility for uh, welfare uh, right on apps like this uh, right now. Again, see, the way you interface with some of this computing is bound to change. Right. Uh, we are used to, you know, um, keyboards, you know, typing on phones, etc., etc. Uh, but people who are new to Internet, I'm forget about now, five, ten years from now, I don't think we will probably be using the keyboard in, yeah, in that sense. It'll all be voice. It, could all be voice, right? I mean, already I feel like the voice input on your Google Assistant uh, or Siri has come a long way, yeah. a long, long way. Right now with GPT-4 uh, directly being able to hear some of this audio and do computing tasks, uh, it's just a matter of time, I would say. And, and this is a phenomenal sort of development, you know. Bashini supports most of these Indian languages. Uh, right, yeah, at least twenty-nine. Uh, yeah, all of the popular right. ones, anyway. Right, so this is this is great. I mean, it can be a, a good template for not just uh, on the financial inclusion front. I mean, for any of these welfare, redressal, understanding policy, those kind of measures. Let's see how the markets performed in terms of fundraisers for the first week of October. Bizongo, which is a B two B e-commerce startup, raised fifty million dollars from Shraddha Advec, IFC Core. 
Chirate Ventures B Capital and British International Investment. House of Brands firm Mensa Brands secured $40 million from Evolution X Debt Capital, which is a leading debt financing platform for growth stage companies. Then Bolt Earth, which is an EV infrastructure and software development company. They raised $20 million from Union Square Ventures, Prime Ventures Partners and Itigo Funds. Well, one thing is for sure that the large check size still continue coming in. Mm. Yeah, we saw 50, 40, 20. I mean, these are, you know, <laughs> larger, I would say, <laughs> for sure, right? Good to hear news from Bizongo. I mean, we hosted Ankit, uh, who's the co-founder and CEO sometime back, maybe a couple of years back or so, uh, on the podcast. Uh, you know, I, I love these B2B platforms. Uh, they're really helping all of these small businesses uh, with software, with financing, uh, so on and so forth. And adding to all of the formalization that we spoke about, right? So, yeah, more power to them. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned few years back, right? Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> three years that we have been running this podcast. And last week, we even had our first live event. Or let's call it physical. No, let's not call it physical. We had our first live event. Uh, we are expecting that episode to be out next week. So, yeah. folks, do uh, check it out once it's out. If you want to know when it is coming out, follow us on social media. But that aside, last week, you even had hosted Aves of Pixel yeah. in the studio. And... Um, so the co-founder of Zostel as well. Yeah. Those will be coming out. But while we are waiting to listen into those conversations, can you share some highlights? Zostel is uh, very interesting. Uh, you know, so they've just uh, uh, entered into the whole crypto world uh, with, wow. yeah, with something called Zoworld. Uh, they have an NFT club. And once you become part of that, uh, you know, you can access uh, what they call a Zo house which, uh, you know, Thiru and I, Thiru as our producer, we saw, uh, and seems like a very cool uh, bachelor pad, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, with gaming stations and, and whatnot. Um, it's, it's pretty interesting, nice. I would say. And, you know, I've, I've said this often that, you know, crypto, uh, the innovation of, uh, you know, being able to validate a transaction uniquely uh, without any intermediaries is an order of uh, magnitude, uh, like, you know, the invention of the wheel. But we definitely need to sort of maybe steer away from the price action, uh, steer away from all of the scams and whatnot. I need responsible people to build in that. Uh, it's certainly a universe that I completely don't relate to. But it was interesting listening to Dharamvir of Zostel. We mainly focused our conversation on uh, how he built this culture of backpacking uh, in India. Uh, right? I mean, because 10 or 11 years back, that wasn't That's very common. Of. Yeah. Yeah, so, so fantastic stuff. And uh, also we had one of the most uh, sought-after guests on the podcast, Avez Ahmed, uh, uh, with us last week. Uh, and I joked with him that, you know, if, if I mentioned him anymore, right, I mean, people would show up outside our studio and demand for him, right? So <laughs> it's great that we finally hosted him. And he seems very, very sorted, right? We, we discussed this whole rise of space tech in India, uh, what it takes to, you know, ship a satellite up in space and... Uh, plenty of other things around commercialization and so on. So two fantastic or rather I should say three fantastic episodes lined up for you, for all of you. Uh, if you think that I should host, uh, you know, a particular founder or we should talk about a particular startup, do let us know where, uh, you know, startup operator on most social platforms. Uh, yeah. And we're waiting to hear from you. Yes, that's right. And also if you want updates to be delivered straight into your WhatsApp inbox, and I promise you this is not spam messages. You'll find a WhatsApp link in the description below. Do subscribe to that as well. So that's it for this week. A very fantastic week. We are going to see changes being done in the banking industry. We are going to see non-GST sellers onboarded onto 
e-commerce platforms dream 11 has found out a hacky way so that you don't have to pay gst taxes and rbi is launching along with bhashini a conversational platform to drive financial inclusivity in the country that was it for the 129th edition of the roundup we'll see you again next week see you guys cheers